0: Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, tribe, cosmic family, beautiful beings. Thank you for tuning in and gathering here uh, in the community around the pod, Divine Thru Line. Um, I am incredibly blessed and uh, it just takes my breath away every time that I'm able to communicate via this medium that is so incredibly powerful, that gives us the ability to connect and reach each other across the globe, all over planet earth. I'm super, super happy about this and uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is an intro, actually, for this week's episode. I'm sharing with you the third and final installment from the Miami Beloved Retreat that I taught at the Sacred Space last February. This is day three. It's a continued conversation about sexuality, about what it means to be a woman in today's modern society, about ways in which we've been brainwashed or led to believe certain isms or truths that may not have ever been true for us or ever belonged to us. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation as it continues the thread. I share some experience around waking up in the middle of the night and discovering a film called I Am Jane Doe that goes into how our girls and boys are being used for sex trafficking and um, they are in fact, you know, victims and, and, and um, pray for this predatory sexual energy that is running rampant on planet earth. So of course I thought it was a fitting, um, it just sort of naturally flowed this way that day three is moving in this direction because I was recently asked to be a speaker at the Imagine Fest festival on Saturday, April 21st. It's actually on Earth Day. And now Srimati miss completely unaware of time signatures. I have to double check that I have the right date. Hold on one sec. Oh, I was so right. I'm so together. Yeah. Okay. It's April 21st. So This is going to happen in the LA area. Um, It is uh, a festival, yoga and music festival that is to benefit a wonderful organization called Unlikely Heroes. Uh, The founder is Erica Grev. I actually met her at a Summit Series event many years ago, and she's doing amazing work uh, trying to sponsor girls and Um, sort of gather forces to uh, allow these individuals to be rescued out of these trafficking situations that seem very far away from us. But if you check out the movie, Jane Doe, you can see that it's it's something that's going on in our planet that uh, that is more rampant than we would like to believe or ever imagine in our lifetime. So I am going to be speaking actually on these topics, a sort of, who knows what's going to come out of my mouth that day, but... Um, It's going to be along these lines of what does it mean? What is a sacred feminine? What is a truly embodied, powerful, divine human, uh, human feminine energy? And what are all the colors of her expression? How can we learn to advocate for ourselves? In which ways are we Uh, unable to advocate for ourselves because if we can identify those ways, then we can work to transform them and rewrite the patterning that has been implanted in our being or learned from traumas or picked up uh, just as a result of being in society or being incarnated in certainly certain family systems that were traumatic to us or possibly just flow of life circumstances in which uh, the woman or feminine energy has been regarded in uh, such an inferior way to the truth of her being, to the truth of who she is. So I hope you guys will join me for that day. They actually offered me a half hour slot and I asked them for an hour and they lovingly gave that to me. So thanks Natalie for that. The website for the festival is imagineyogamusic.com. Of course, there's going to be yoga. There's going to be music and there's going to be a series of conscious discussions that are happening in a location in a tent. And that's where my talk is going to take place. So I invite you to come out, be a part of the discussion. I'm incredibly honored to be invited to contribute to this. Um. Also, I just want to mention, I had an amazing experience at WITMA event last weekend at Neuhaus in, in LA and in Hollywood. Um, check it out. You could go to their Instagram, uh, WITMA live. And it was really cool. Um, I was on a modern day spirituality panel that was moderated by Luke Story. And I was on the panel with uh, Shaman Durek and many other amazing uh, spiritual healers and teachers who were sharing their perspectives. They have uh, an audio and video um, recording of the event. It was a pretty cool discussion. So I suggest that you uh, check it out. So it's whitmalive.com. But then you can also go to Anna's Instagram, which is Anna Lundgard, so it's A-N-N-A and then Lundgard L-U-N-D-G-A-A-R-D. So check that out. Um, more things to come with that group, I hope, and um, it was cool. It was really great to gather. Uh, they had some amazing um, uh, brands there as well, like my dear friend uh, Scott Lind from Sun Potion and Nitsa, his partner, So anyway, um, it was a pretty full weekend, uh, Very feels really good. The energy feels great. I don't know. How are you guys feeling? Are you feeling uh, a shift in reality? I would say that I was in a complete rebirth and transformation from the midpoint of November all the way through the morning after the equinox. I was feeling not really locked in and in sort of in between worlds in a very interesting way. And this is when, of course, I was going through a lot of uh, pain experience and then also uh, w- totally changed my hair and just lots of crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, all of a sudden I woke up the day after the equinox and all the creative projects came in beautifully. Everything's flowing, immense support. It really feels uh, very beautiful. And um, uh, yeah, I'm well, I'm well in my vibe. So um, Before I turn it over uh, to the pre-recorded episode uh, that I'm going to share with you this week, I just wanted to mention that Rich and I have a new cookbook. It's called The Plant Power Way Italia, Delicious Vegan Recipes from the Italian Countryside. I am really super excited about this book, um, mainly because it allowed me to deliver an experience of cuisine and also events that happen over the week during our retreats in Italy, hosting retreats, producing retreats, teaching on retreat is something that is very dear to my heart. It's something I've been doing for many, many, many years. And I truly feel that I'm in my dharma in that certain situation because I am a multifaceted and expressed creative being. There are many ways in which I like to serve, in which I like to share and connect with people. And when I have beings on retreat, then I'm with you for a whole week. So you get all different af- aspects of me, all different sides of my personality. I play music at night and sing. I teach devotional yoga, super intense meditations and practices to lead you beyond this this realm. And then in addition, I serve uh, amazing plant-based food that's delicious and tastes great. Uh, And then I'm also there with my family and rich. And so I'm there in partnership. I'm there as a mother. And it's just a really cool sort of overall life experience where we get to unplug from our normal day to day and go someplace amazing and experience this transformation. Well, of course... This is a very unique experience and it is not available to everyone. It, it would be impossible. There are only 30 or so spots open and it's also, uh, costs a fair amount of money to go on these vacations or trips. It's really so much more. It's not really a vacation at all. It's a transformational life experience. And if you ever do come on one, I'm, I am certain that you will remember this along with your wedding and the birth of your children. So it's a very, very important experience, um, but within the pages of the Plant Power Way Italia, I was able to present the food and present this retreat experience and invite the reader in to share this experience with us. And I was super excited that the publisher Avery Books, who are amazing, chose uh, this community table shot for the cover. And the book is dedicated to the community, and it really was the next step for me to take my food from the family to the community. And so, um, as a celebration of this book, we are offering one free spot on our retreat to a blessed female reader. Um, We are celebrating women right now, and it's actually just kind of the way things sort of laid out for us. But Rich and I are very, very happy and thrilled to be able to um, offer this spot. It's part of our pre-order campaign. So we are rallying our tribes uh, to please consider pre-ordering the book. It helps us immensely So even if you're going to get it later and you're just busy, if you took a minute and ordered it, it really helps um, support our message. It helps us continue to do the work we're doing. And I've got two books behind this one that I'm waiting to uh, sell those proposals. So um, it's important. It's important that the publisher sees that we're viable and that people want our books and that they find value in what we're putting out there. So... um, To enter the contest, you can go to my website, srimanti.com. You can also go to my Instagram uh, right now, this week. The link is directly to the pre-order giveaway. You also get, I think, a free e-copy of Rich's new book, The Revised Finding Ultra, along with it. Um, So anyway, uh, pre-order the book, um, get in on the contest, And maybe you will be able to meet in Italy in the countryside. But if not, um, you'll be invited into the experience through the pages on this book. And uh, you really are part of the movement, part of this collective rising up and creating a new way of experiencing life, Uh, maybe with more love and uh, more compassion and more creativity. That would be amazing. So anyway, um, in the future, I'm going to, uh, try to, uh, start recording an end piece to these segments. I just sort of leave you, I leave the episode and then play the song, but you know, Hey, I think you have enough intro, right? I've already been talking for like five minutes. So um, I am teaching the Beloved Retreat again. Uh, The dates are already locked in. It's Miami in November. It happens to be right on the heels of the Seed Food and Wine Festival, which is an amazing event uh, that is happening in Miami. Rich and I participated almost every year. It's a really cool event. Miami is completely happening in the food scene, in wellness. And uh, I am blessed enough to have a sort of a home away from home at the Sacred Space Miami. Uh, It is a beautiful, beautiful modern venue that is the perfect place to collaborate and hold my vibration. So uh, we're going to be teaching the Beloved Retreat, the second offering, and this is an experience and an opportunity for us to really hone that connection with ourselves and really learn to... To put ourselves uh, before any other being, before any other energy, because each one of us is a divine emanation of consciousness and we were created in perfection. And so we need to make sure that we are serving our own unique energy, because if we all do that, then miraculous things will be upon us. The world will aspire to new heights and Uh, solutions, quantum solutions for the problems we are facing will be presented because they exist within the beauty of what it means to be a divine human. So until next week, I'm sending you and your loved ones so much love um, and grace. May may we all be sheltered by the grace and love of the one breathing all life. Uh, Until next week, I'm sending you lots of love. Namaste. So um, so I wanted to check in about how we were feeling after yesterday, but um, it's Valentine's Day, 2018. We've been talking between us about how we establish a new way of falling in love with ourselves and how do we learn to put ourselves first. You know, and, and we've been sharing how often and how hard it is to hold that boundary, how hard it is to tell someone no. And what happened in my sleep state is I was awakened at about 4.30. And um, we're staying in an Airbnb. I scoured all the Airbnbs because it's hard for me to be in the hotels with all the energy of all the rooms and then also the incessant you know, disco music in Miami. After a while, it starts to grate on me. So my plan was to get an Airbnb and because Amber and Lair here we needed you know at least two bedrooms and a couch or three bedrooms and the only Airbnb that I could find was in a little Havana and they don't really tell you where the address is so the place is nice but it's like a nice place that's literally in the ghetto it's like there's gunshots going off outside, there's dog fights, there's screaming, there's drug addicts, like all that kind of stuff. So um, so the first day we went in, we did a sound bath and like cleared the space. And then um, that, that's why the first night I slept one hour, because that was going on. So... I reached out to the people to see if we could shift to another one of their locations, and of course everything's full, and there was, they, they offered us one that's like in another city in Florida where we just decided that would be too much trouble. So then they were really sweet, they really responded quickly, and they said, well, what about earplugs and a sound machine? And I was like, yes, can you bring it now? Like, and so they brought the earplugs, but not the sound machine. So anyway, I slept really well the night before, Um, but was awoke, and I have this sound machine, which is amazing, it's fantastic, it reminds me of when I had a newborn baby, and we were playing, you know, Rain, or whatever we could to get the baby to sleep, Um, but I'm telling you this, because uh, suddenly, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I was guided to go on Netflix, and this film popped up, which is called, I think, I Am Jane Doe, and it's about teenage sex trafficking, and I watched the better part of this movie, which basically highlights that uh, there are, you know, actually reputable um, journalism sites that are hosting ads, sex ads for women. Okay. And, and what happens is, uh, there is a lot, there are a lot of cases of teens that get drawn into this. Um, and they are basically beaten, raped. Um, they run away from home and they're being sold on this site. So I, I, watch the stories of these families and I'm not unfamiliar with this because Lisa Renee who I told you guys about um, she actually stopped doing private sessions so that she could uh, champion this uh, sort of energetically on the planet so she's been dealing with it in the in a spiritual realm uh, trying to clear this miasm of this horrible like sexual deviation that's preying upon children and and children are being abducted from lower income, you know, communities. And these two cases that they highlighted in the film, it was not that situation. It was a situation that a child grew up normally with like soccer and ballet and all the normal things. And then when she became a certain age, she was preyed upon by a man who basically was a pimp. And she ended up leaving, running away um, and ended up in this scenario. So once again, it's easy for us to think, well, that's someone else and that would never happen to my child. And I was reflecting on Leah's share from yesterday about how, um, you know, she just felt like uh, when she's in relationship, if, if she doesn't say yes or she doesn't go along, it's almost like it's a... It's a void for being loved or being accepted. And so if you put yourself at age 13, 14, I mean, how much wisdom did any of us really have at that point? And the culture is projecting at us that we have to be these sexual, you know, seductive vessels for, you know, male energy to, you know, interact with. And it's subtle. You know, it starts in the Disney And then it's subtle and it's subtle. And here we are, all these powerful, beautiful women. I mean, I don't know, you know, another woman in her 20s that is as spiritually developed as these two that are sitting here. I mean, Leah has such a compassionate heart and such an amazing ability to be in the world and to love and to express herself. And to hear that even she, even she is like, you know, I feel like I have to say yes and suddenly the light went on and i and what was given to me is that we have to change it the women have to change it or the feminine energies have to change it we've been going along with this this condition or this lie and we're allowing it and the thing is ultimately the masculine loves the feminine energy the max the masculine energy is is floored by the feminine energy, the masculine energy is going to do what we tell it to do. We're the eternal creators. We are creating for eternally, eternity. We are ever flowing, ever expressing. And so it's for us to change. And so when I was meditating, I was shown like, actually like sort of like a page on my website with these simple tips of how to begin to shift you know the way we interact with the male energy and basically just some simple ways of communicating you know like you meet um, you meet somebody you're attracted to them you're in this relationship you're like I feel really an attraction to you but something like I'm in a really deep practice of self-love and of putting myself first and while I really appreciate your interest in me you know, this is, these, this is what's okay with me, and this is what's not okay with me. And I just see it as such an empowering opportunity for us to change the, ga- the rules of this play that's been going on. It's like we're just, we got swept up in it, and we're just being dragged along. It, and, you know, f- and for what? And, and who said, you know, it is this belief in the culture that pornography is normal, and that that is necessary for a masculine energy, or maybe maybe also a feminine energy in some cases, to, you know, express themselves. And what I really realized is really the truth of what Lisa Renee had shared with me, was that if you participate in pornography, you are participating in that level of violence, and really, you know, it's really satanic. You know, it's torturing young girls or women. You know, this one girl was cut, she was raped, 13. And they've been fighting in the courts. They have people fighting this in the courts for like five years now, and they can't get a a judgment in their favor because of free speech, or I guess freedom of information. So once again, I mean, we're not going to change it in the courts, you know, we don't have to wait, I guess. We are going to change it in the courts eventually, but we have to respond now in our own homes, starting with ourselves, then starting with our children, you know, and really understand what is happening. And this is also a very big reality of social media, of AI. And it's, listen, you know, we're like a blended family. I mean, my girls, you know, are on social media they both have computers you know i tend to be a kind of open mom in a way you know so i'm not micromanaging everything that they do in that in their life that's now how, not how i am but after seeing this movie it makes me very concerned you know because because of the programming because of the programming on the planet so you could be the best mom and you could do everything right from the very beginning and one man that sees your girl, that says I see you, or you're special, or whatever that is, and the whole thing can just be turned around. And so, um, I'm really gonna ask you guys to really meditate on this. And you know, this isn't something. You know, this is a public service movement that could be starting to be spread and starting to bring the idea. And it's like we're at the ground level right now. We chose to come to this beloved retreat to find this connection with ourselves rather than sit around and wait for someone to buy us a box of chocolates, which is supposed to tell us that then we're important or something, or we're loved. So I don't think it's really that hard. I think it's a decision of taking the responsibility and deciding what we want to do. And it's a little confusing because I don't mean to say that women should dress like librarians, you know, and never be sexy or never be, you know, beautiful or sensual. I don't mean that at all. But I was reflecting on some friends that I've had in the past, some experience, more experiences from Sri long, very full, colorful life. But I have two that I'd like to share with you, which are examples of, a, of an energy that's imbalanced in women, So the first one was I was married to the boy's dad and very in love, very powerful marriage for eight years and we had our two boys. And there was a girlfriend of one of his top managers who decided she really liked me. And she decided she really liked me because of my position. And I knew this, but I'm me and I just, stayed, I just stayed neutral, and I just allowed it, and I observed it, and I wasn't judgmental about it, and I was like, okay. And this person was a therapist, and every time we were having a get-together, she would call me, and she would ask me, what's the dress code? And I would be, oh, you know, it's casual or whatever, and then she would show up in a stiletto heels and like a super short dress, and the 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 hemline just kept getting shorter, and shorter, and shorter, and shorter, and every time she would call me and ask me this dress code thing, she would show up, but once again, I was like, I'm in my spiritual world, I'm not going to judge, you know, she's kind to me, that's what she's going through, whatever it is, and then my brother was in a band, at the, he's, he's a musician, but they were playing some gig, And, you know, he made the comment to me, like in a joke later, like, oh, you know, she was in the front row sitting and she had no underwear on. And like all the guys were like, oh, you know, like that. I mean, they weren't, they just thought it was ridiculous. So then years later, when I separated from the boy's dad and she was my friend, um, she betrayed me and she made a play to insert herself and get in a relationship with my my soon-to-be ex-husband. And I discovered this in therapy, he brought it out, and we both made an agreement to never speak to her again. And so afterwards, after I was meditating, I was like, okay, am I surprised? Was I surprised? No, I wasn't surprised. But what was wrong with that situation? It's like I was being spiritually um, pacifying, I guess, and open to everything. And I allowed this energy into my life and my space, You know, luckily in the end, you know, she didn't get between us, but it was quite an eye-opening experience to understand. And so the next time in my life that I saw that type of energy come in was somebody that was living at our house that wanted to invite that type of energy over mixing with my kids. I said, no. You know, and it was kind of shocking because it was like, well, that's not very spiritual. Why are you judging her? I said, I'm not judging her. I just have discernment and that's not an energy that is allowed in my house next to my kids. You know, kind of simple. I also had another experience with a model that I worked with when I was in fashion. And she was from the South. And she was one of those women that just was always oozing sexuality. Like, no matter where she went, someone was wanting to... You know, have sex with her, and it was coming from her, but she would just always be like, "I don't know why everybody's just following me around and running after me," but it was the way that she's exuding the energy. And so, the reason that I'm sharing these these examples with you is because Leah mentioned, you know, that after our conversation, she was saying, you know, then I was posting I had a picture of myself in a bikini on Instagram. That's great. You're in your 20s. Like, do it. But let's be clear, there's an energy that we're in charge of. You know, I can wear a very skimpy dress and I can walk in and my energy is clear. It's clear that I'm adorning myself or that, that you know, that I love fashion or I love the human body or I love design, but any one of you could bring your partners around me and you would never feel threatened by me. Because I would never do that. I would not be living in that energetic resonance. And so this is another thing that we have to trust ourselves as women. When you recognize that energy, you trust yourself. Trust yourself with what you're seeing. Energy is not just what the face presents. It's what's coming, what's behind it. And so in this time of spiritual ascension, of us re- um, establishing how we are moving and feeling life, we're going to be required to use our feeling mechanism, because the heart is your supreme intelligence. It's not your brain. So you can reason away all day with your brain about how something should be, but you've got a default to how does it feel? You know How does it really feel? And that is going to be what keeps you safe what guides you and what gives you the right information. And no matter if you have that feeling and no matter if you have no evidence, no intellectual evidence to support the way you feel, you go with your feeling every single time. And that's a complete shift in the way that we are in the world because everybody says, you know, you could have taken those two situations and discounted the energetic Resonance that I was feeling, like, well, what, um, you know, oh, are you insecure? Or uh, I thought you were spiritual, and you're supposed to love all people. Or uh, with my, you know, my friend who, you know, I I loved and adored her as well, but she was just, you know, I think she probably had an attachment. She probably had like an an entity that was just, you know, looking for that, you know, looking for that. So the final thing that I want to share with this, and then I want to open the mic up to you guys, but um, is that. In my meditation, I realized why I was why we ended up in that apartment in that area of town. And it's because it needs healing. And there is an energy grid that's being established by me being there, by us being there. And so it's about anchoring this new energetic portal in that place, which is exactly the type of vibration that is preying on all of these girls and, and us, I mean, preying on all of us. It's not just, I mean, to me, it's like, I see the young girls and I I think, I mean, I know that it's completely predatory and out of alignment for any woman, you know, of any age. Um, and it's making something like $30 billion, like it's insane. And what Lisa shared with me, and this is the reason she stopped doing private sessions is that she's literally, she does her community and then she's literally working on this specific issue planetarily. Um, The Mecca for child sex slavery is Atlanta. It's not in another country. It's here. So that's shocking in and of itself. And that's what some of these parents were saying, these parents of these beautiful girls were saying, they were saying, "I, I never knew that this existed. You know, I never knew this was going on. And so, you know, while it's Valentine's Day, and I wanted to like skip around and like throw flowers at you guys. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, and we're gonna do some of that. No. Uh, but, you know, the, the truth is, is, it's like this sexual discussion, I started with it for the retreat, you know, it was maybe kind of intense. But it's really the thing. It's the thing we've got to rework. We've got to heal our traumas, clear our past, and we've got to set a new boundary. And our partners will follow our lead. They will look to us. We are the creators. We are the eternal creators. So let's stop this. Let's stop this behavior and being, you know, just part of this wreckage because this is not divine. That's not what sexuality in the body was created for. And I'm all about, like, awesome, you know, orgasms, multiple orgasms, like, you know, go for it. Like, just, you know, be all in it, but make sure that you're in a divine state when it's happening. Don't disparage it with this animal, violent play that's going on on planet Earth. And everybody is like, you know, you know getting off, getting that one moment of, you know, ejaculation or whatever is it or climax is it. And it's not only men. The, the women are the other half. We're trapped in it. And so, yeah, that was my morning. <laughs> so I would like to hear if, any, if, if that ignites any insights from any of you, any of you beautiful goddesses and moms and beings, if you have anything you want to share with regards to that. Erica,
1: here. I'll just pass it around. Thank you.
2: Thank um. you. <clears throat> yeah, I just had something I wanted to add about the story um, uh, about the Jane Doe movie. So the men in that movie <clears throat> that own this media company, uh, Jim Larkin and Michael Lacey, I used to work for them. Uh, about 25 years ago at the Phoenix New Times, they owned the largest um, chain of alternative weeklies, uh, eventually became Village Voice Media. And so this energy from these men, it's not just shadowy figures waiting for um you know girls in a van like it's the guy next door it's your bosses like it's everywhere you know so it was really deeply disturbing to see that movie but um yeah
3: Um, well i'm just sitting here and thinking about this sexual distortion that we have isn't it a result of uh, that the masculine energy has been dominating the planet for thousands of years and that uh, all the masculine uh, character- characteristics, like, you know, being strong, powerful, having a lot of power and dominating, I mean, that's been part of our, the play and the sexuality is just an extension of the masculine energy just showing its power. So that, that's how I feel about it, it's just another. Mm-hmm. But, but with all this happening now in the earth and the feminine is rising, maybe you know that's changing and I think it's so, so important and it really lit a light that it's, we can't wait for some movement or we have to do it, each one of us. I think, yeah.
1: Leia's comments also struck me because I have a 15 year old, 15 and a half year old daughter. And I relayed two stories to my dinner companion last night. I was out with a colleague and uh, she and I talked about The topic of what's happening with the Me Too movement and how um, women are now expressing themselves, and, and the feminine is rising, as you just mentioned, Jenny. And that's really important. And, you know, masculine qualities are important too, and we all possess some degree of each. How we manifest that is what I think Sheree is trying to get to and there are good ways and bad ways of manifesting that. Two stories I relayed last night that I wanna share with you because they were both surprising to me and it just goes to show how life is stranger than fiction and, and we don't realize to what degree we're experiencing these, let's call them, dominant masculine forces. My daughter, who is a sophomore in high school, told me that she had a young man who was interested in her who's two years older, senior, 17-year-old, and uh, I asked her, how do you feel about him? Oh, he's really nice, great. He wants to hang out with me, date me, you know, and today's lingo dating is, could be a week. In my day, it was usually a little longer than that. So I understood that, so I you know, kind of like the fact that it can be just a week at that age. So um, I said, great, let me meet him. Uh, how's it going a week into it? Oh, you know, Mom, he, he, um, he stops me in the halls and he hugs me and he puts, puts kisses on my cheeks and you know he's crowding me. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with it, but I could sense that she wasn't okay with it. So I, I asked her every few days how it was going until she finally said to me, I'm really not comfortable. Then why haven't you told him? Response, this is a modern girl. Very modern, very independent girl who has a modern, independent woman role model. Um, And she answered, I didn't want to disappoint him. And I stopped and I said, really? I didn't want to let him down. I said, well, what about you in this equation? You're the one uncomfortable. Aren't you not being authentic if you lead him on, thinking, you know, letting him think that he is liked back in the same way? She said, you're right. By the next day, she enlisted one of her girlfriends to talk to the guy because she was so you know, weirded out about the whole situation. And then she also talked to the guy, and it was all taken care of. But the reaction she gave and the expression, and this was one of her first big you know, in love interests coming toward her that she didn't necessarily reciprocate in the same way, but she was, you know, it's a curiosity, she was exploring that, and her first reaction was that she wanted to please the guy. So when Leah, when you spoke about your situation and, and men that you're dating, I thought about that, and you're some years older than my daughter, but you're not that much older, and how this is pervasive across generations. It's not, we're not learning fast enough. Shri, sure, we're not. The other story I conveyed last night to my dinner companion was that I had lunch recently with another colleague of mine and she and I went to law school together. And we were talking about the early days at the law firms and this would have been late 80s, early 90s. She said, you know, I had had to work with a partner, partners assigned to younger associates and in order to get good assignments, I had to sit on his lap. Oh my God! I almost lost it. I, I looked at her. and This is my friend from law school, super independent. And I said, and then I and then I stepped back. I, get, I did kind of the spiritual thing. I didn't want to judge. I'm like, well, was it consensual? Did you like sitting on his lap? You know, because I'm trying to figure out. You know, oh no. She said, it wasn't that gross. Here's the response. It wasn't that gross. It could have been worse. He could have slapped me on the, be- on the behind or done something. And I'm looking, and she's my generation. I don't know that I, I, I know that I wouldn't have sat on anyone's lap for an assignment. I would have said, thank you very much and gone to a different law firm. You know, I, 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 was, I was shocked. But now I'm not so shocked anymore. I'm giving you two examples of situations I did not expect from my own child and from a friend who I knew, have known for 30 years. And uh, yeah, and I hear it from women who are older than me, who will tell me stories of sure, you know, um, so-and-so made a pass at me and -and so-and-so in in a job environment, you um, you know, massage me inappropriately by today's standards, but it's okay. If we continue with the it's okay, we're gonna get more of what's not okay. So saying no, setting boundaries. You know, I, I, I stressed that with my daughter. I uh, did not stress that to my friend because she's a grown woman and she's decided what she's decided about that time in her life. She's now married with children and, you know, seems to have reconciled that that was an okay thing for her. I think as a, for our general consciousness, it's not an okay thing. Thank you.
0: Okay. So yeah, I mean, um, what I'm discovering from having these conversations with all of you is that it's a very deep, ingrained issue that we all are seeming to have in how to say no and still be loved. Isn't, Isn't that what it is? How to say no and not be completely abandoned. And that, like we were talking on the first day, is something that is in the grid of the planet. So we were, all, we're all from completely different backgrounds, had completely different mothers, completely different traumas in our life. Some of us are very outgoing. Some of us are very spiritually rooted for many years and even as we're all sitting here, we have very powerful executives in here who have very successful careers. We have Buddhists, we have uh, chanters, we have mothers, we have you know, people that have been in relationship over 20, 30 years. And all of us, to some degree, this is what we're dealing with. And so I think, at the very least, we've uncovered a beautiful treasure and that we kind of know, and, you know, I'm doing so many things that, you know, I was, but I really did see, like, some kind of movement, some type of re-education, supporting women, or feminine energies, really everyone you know maybe we also have to think of the masculine energies that they've been told that this is how they have to be and they didn't really want to do it but they thought that's what they had to do you know I mean it's also like this kind of they get swept up in it and it's hard it's sometimes hard for me when I hear before we had this conversation when I would hear women tell the stories of sexual harassment like well he took his clothes off and, you know, asked me to do something and I didn't want to, but I did it. And then I'm always like, well, why did you do it? You know, but I'm, I think I'm seeing displayed here very clearly the level that this is ingrained in, in who we are. And so at an ultimate level, everything's perfect and everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. And, you know, ultimately it's for everyone's own evolution or own opportunity or discovery And now we're at a point where we have a choice. We have an opportunity to create a new way of being in the world. And lots of things are changing in the world and this needs to also change. And Amber has a question.
4: Uh, Just, I so agree obviously with everything you're saying and that it's like we have to learn how to set up our own boundaries, right? Um, But I feel like that's not enough. And I'll, I'll phrase this question with like a short story from an experience I had recently where um, I was having a kind of not quite relationship but something with someone (laughs) and um, I could see that things were like getting quite heated quite early and I was like okay I don't want to like sleep around and so I'm going to set the boundary and I'm going to talk to him about it. And so I did and I said just for you to know like I'm only okay with things progressing physically if I know that there's like a certain level of commitment, you know, like I only want to go there when it feels like we should be going there, you know, when, when it looks like we're gonna be in a committed relationship. And I'm okay to wait as long as it takes for us to feel ready in that way. And he was like in total agreement and whatever. Um, and then like very soon after that we slept together. And so I took that as a sign of like, yes, you know, things are really like, going somewhere, and I was so happy about it. And then, literally, the morning after, he just, like, disappeared. Literally, just, like, gone. And I was, like, so, I was just so confused, because I was like, okay, I did the adult thing, I had the difficult conversation, I set the boundary, I said, like, this is what I'm comfortable with, this is not, and yet still, like, that kind of stereotypical thing happened. And I was like, so, like, what are we supposed to do? Any?
0: Yeah, well, um, you have to know the energy that you're dealing with more, so you have to work on your discernment. And I would say take more time than you did. So you probably you said all that, and then but things were moving, and then you you uh, you became vulnerable maybe before you could really see really what the intention is. And so I think we have to have our partners earn. You know, earn a level of intimacy. You know, our bodies are divine. They're sacred. Sexual energy is not nothing. It's something very, very, very precious. Very powerful. Very precious. And it's not something to be, to expose. So I think this gets us back to what we're going to be doing today on Valentine's Day here is really feeling this love vibration within ourselves. You have to be so in love with yourself that you are the most important thing in the equation. And the problem with this entire play is that everything has been backwards. We're trying to get the recognition, the love, the acceptance from outside of ourselves because we want to be swept off our feet. We want to be the the characters in that play in that movie that has been put in our heads. But if we were able to, sh- to shift that and we're going to figure it out together because, you know, we're all at different levels of of not being able to really fully love ourselves and really fully stand in for ourselves. So I think when you have that established, the entire scenario changes and maybe it's a much longer courtship. Maybe it's a much longer, you know, time. And then when it's really that moment, it's actually a ceremony. It doesn't have to be a marriage, but it could be like, you know, okay, we're entering into this next gate of communion with each other, and this is what it means, and we're all in agreement. So I think it was just a time, you know, because it was almost like lip service, and then he gave lip service, and then, you know, passion just took over or whatever, and then, you know, he was like, oh, I didn't really mean that, you know. So that's what I that's what I would say. Erica, I wanted to ask you a question. What is your because as I was watching the movie and I was seeing it, um what was the name of the of the of the the uh, newspaper? Uh, the, new Times. the New Yeah, but uh, bef- uh no, back page I knew, but um, it was something like the New Art, what was the, the new, Times, uh, new Times I knew. Oh, Village Voice. That's it. Because when I saw Village Voice, I was so surprised because they have this like legendary reputation of being. Hold on a sec. I'm gonna give you the the mic. So what I wanted to ask you is when I was when I was watching it, then my, you know, then my freedom of speech thing showed up for a minute, and I was like, well, wait, this is complicated, because it's freedom of speech. So. Can you what is your perspective? Because you have a lot of experience of being involved with courts and laws and trying to get things changed or at least peripherally from what you do. So talk to me about that.
2: Yeah. So um, and I have uh, experience in advertising. And so the challenge is that these it's not these men in particular or the company that is that is advertising to attract young girls. Um, to answer these ads. There are people outside that are placing ads and the argument is that they can't police the advertising. They can't know the intention of the people placing the advertising. So that's where the loophole is. Um, Village Voice Media was started many years ago as was New Times and then these two men uh, at some point, I can't remember exactly when, maybe the late 90s or so bought Village Voice or the early 2000s or bought I'm sorry yeah bought Village Voice and so it became a much larger operation but that's a question that's not just with th- this type of back page advertising that's attracting these young girls and and sucking them in but it's with anything it could be somebody selling a defective car it's hard you can't blame the magazine that is holding the advertising, so they're taking that argument really all the way into this sex trafficking issue and so far have really gotten away with it. Yeah, even though I would surmise they know full well what's going on, yeah.
0: So again, it comes back to money, which money is what rules our world, that's the planet we're living on, and so we have to change it from within the culture And we have to start creating services and products and movements and things that empower us to be in love with ourselves and start spreading the information and really understanding that this energy that runs through us, that is sexuality, that is part of what it means to be human and spiritual being, is beautiful and magnificent and is for us to express. However, we are in charge of the choice of, of how we do that and how that manifest in our lives. And so it's a very beautiful time. It's a very beautiful time of opportunity and even more solidifies my intuition and my desire to dive into this exploration of beloved as your primary relationship, your most cherished, uh, you know, loved, beloved connection in your life is with yourself and with your own divine consciousness. And when you have this established, then everything else can come around it and will appear. Um, So anyway, I'm just happy to be here with everybody. Thanks so much for sharing for this session. And um, we're going to go ahead and go into tea ceremony now.